I'm Lauren. I'm Bridget. And this is Gateway Anime Podcast. Howdy. Uh, This is our second episode of watching Felicoli and our last. To Bridget's pleasure. Other than the wrap-up. Other than the wrap-up. But yeah. How How you been, bud? Um, this week's been good. Yeah. You know, it's been busy. Well, it's only Monday, but we're recording on a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> it's weekend. Um, I mean, it was pretty good. It was more relaxing than the weekend before. So, I mean, I'm really tired. Before was a lot. Last week was just like a horrible, like mental health week for me. And I didn't sleep well and I still didn't sleep well last night, but as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to bed. <laughs> I'm going to go to also, bed early. <laughs> same because I work at four, but gross. Good. Yeah, well, it is what it is. Uh, it's also Doctor Strange week. I'm very excited mm. for that. I'm not. I mean, I'll watch it, but I don't have like any hype for it. I'm so hyped because Scarlet Witch is in it. And yeah. I'm, I'm, we loved WandaVision last WandaVision year. WandaVision so. was great. I'm excited to see her like don the full Scarlet Witch like personality. Like one day, I hope we can get a like a line of no more mutants. It'd be really fun, even though we've kind of already done like a House of M a little bit. But um, Patrick Stewart's in that movie as uh, Professor X, so super high. Cool that we're getting That's pretty dope. Finally, the crossover. I just I don't know. I'm I'm like a casual Marvel fan now. Mm. I I guess I just don't have it in me to be obsessed with both major comic houses. I have to choose one, and my <laughs> loyalties have been reassigned. Um, but yeah, I guess I, I just don't have that fandom in me anymore. There's only so many things I can be obsessed with, and I've got two pretty major things, so we're yeah, just gonna I leave it, it yeah. there. <laughs> DC's just like been missed for me for a lot. I mean, I think they've done some things really well, but consistently, not really. Um, movie yeah, wise, I'm not, not super into DC not movie. comic wise yeah uh, but the Batman was great so maybe that's really, a good you start know, I saw a lot of people who weren't enjoying the Batman and I was genuinely shocked because I thought Me it was too. such a fresh take on it that's why they don't like it because they expected the same Nolanisms and they wanted it to be like this big crazy action movie and, but you instead know what, they got a detective noir film and they weren't expecting I loved, that i love that it was younger it was way a detective noir it was different because i love nolan's batman but this like i didn't compare them in my head because they were so different and it's i loved very that refreshing it's yeah. a completely different take which is really hard to do when something has been done literally so six many times, times over yeah so i i loved it i think it's great I'm excited to see what happens there. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and they're getting a sequel now, which is really cool. Uh, I hope, what's his name? Matt. Can't think of his last name. The director stays on. Matt Reeves, because I Mm. I thought he did really good. And I loved Matt Reeves' take on Planet of the Apes. But that's also a franchise that I think was underhyped. Like, I thought that was an amazing franchise, an amazing closing to that three-part series. I haven't finished Planet of the Apes. I haven't seen the last one. I've seen the first two movies. We're talking about Matt Reeves. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. I Uh, saw that you were making eye contact with Will. (laughs) Favorite movies. He loves them. They're so good. The last one was done so well. I won't spoil it for you because 
it emotionally just like gutted me at one point. And I think it was done really well. The stories were great. I was so tied into these characters. Um, and then I think Michael Giacchino did all the score for him too. And Michael Giacchino is just like an amazing composer. And yeah, so when, when they said Matt Reeves was doing Batman, I was already like, let's do it. I loved what he did with Planet of the Apes, which was a franchise I didn't really care about. And then I really cared about after watching his films. Like the first one was okay. But when that second Planet of the Apes came out, it was so good. And then I think the third one was a great, like how to finish a little trilogy and They are talking about adding a Robin into the Batman franchise, which I'm very excited about. About time. If they add a, like a literal child, if they add a Robin, it better be a child. Yeah. What kind of Robin do you want to see? Well, I would like to see Dick Grayson or I would like it. I think it, I think the easiest thing for them to do because they haven't yet would be to go the Tim Drake route. Mm-hmm. Even though Dick Grayson is part of the reason, it, he is the reason that Tim Drake finds out about Batman. But let me let me tell you a little bit about Tim Drake. So whenever you see Robin in like cartoons or anyone just kind of like draws him rambly, the Robin that they're most often making is Tim Drake's Robin, even if they don't seem to realize that the, the character design for Tim Drake's Robin is the most iconic because he was the longest running robin um but he finds he actually finds out about batman because he's obsessed with batman and he stalks them and he follows dick grayson sees him do a flip when he's chasing a perp and knows immediately you're the boy wonder you're robin Uh, take me to batman that's kind of cool he knows it by like their style yeah so he finds out about batman and this is right after the death of Jason Todd. So Batman has sworn off taking on any more Robins. Mm-hmm. And Tim Drake's like, no, actually, you need me. And he's like, no, F you, get away from me. <laughs> right? And then Dick's like, actually, I think you do need him. You need to train this kid. Because also, he's not going to stop following you. Like, it's too late now. Yeah. He knows who you are. He knows where you are. He's going to get himself in trouble. You might as well take him under your You might as well help him. Yeah. And he does. And I think that... Tim Drake is the best Robin that Batman has because he's also the best detective of the Robins. So their styles just mesh more. They're a better cohesive team. Yeah. Um, Dick was a good Robin, but he was all show and flair. Uh, Jason was like really grumpy, didn't like to follow rules, got himself killed, big idiot. And then Damien is a brat. I and hate that they like to kill people. So there's that. Teased Jason Todd. And then, you know, in the, some of the DC movies, like they had the Joker costume with, not the Joker costume, the Robin costume with the Joker's ha ha ha, mm-hmm. like on it. But we never got anything from that tease. And I hated that. Like they didn't even like address it. It was just an Easter egg for Easter egg's sake rather yeah, than. I but it wasn't that. even an Easter egg. It was like in a scene close up, like put it as an Easter egg not as like a huge bit that you're not going to follow up on. But if they do a Robin and they keep Batman this young, it has to be Dick Grayson. If they do a Tim Drake story and Batman is this young, I'm going to be real mad (laughs) because 
Dick's the first Robin, pave way for the Robins. Just keep making good movies. And then you can open up all of DC Batfam universe. And there's so many rich characters in just the Batman family that it's kind of sad though that the Flash movie is tanking right now because of Ezra Miller. Because I do really like the Flashpoint Batman, Mm -hmm. where Batman's kind of like a villain. But, uh, you know with the, the the flash franchise dying. it would be nice to get on before it's Joker even off the line that would be really cool already and they kind of tease that yeah bit. with the art um, thing and that's when i texted you and was like excuse me yeah <laughs> i had so no idea about that would be kind of cool but who knows what they're gonna do honestly that's who how you knows? do an easter egg like it was still relevant to the plot line but if you knew like knew, I went home knew. and Googled and was like, that's so cool. And then that's what I texted you. Um, yeah, I turned to Dana and I was like, that's like Flashpoint, right? She's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just had a whole little like, huh. it was good. It was cool. It was yeah, <laughs> All right. So anyway, about anime, I guess. <laughs> oh, cool. So uh, we watched episodes four through six of Fully Cooly, uh, which are the last three episodes of Fully Cooly. Uh, spoiler alert, Bridget hates it. Uh, spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> if you're on my close friends on Instagram, you got to see some weird faces of me watching it. And I was like, I mean, was anyone surprised though that Bridget Hayes? Sam was- said I, Sam said I he wasn't surprised, am. but he was hopeful. I I I thought there was like one percent of you that might really like this, but I'm gonna touch on this later. I think fully coolie is something that you either hate or love. Like there's no in between. And it's kind of an instantaneous thing. Like if you don't get mm-hmm. the feeling watching Fully Cooly, then you're just not gonna get it. Yeah, I think if, okay. if he doesn't flip this switch in you. You're not going to enjoy it. Yeah. And it did and not for me. Totally fine. Yeah. Um, at least we, we I can saw appreciate it. what it's yes. what the music did grow on me. It's uh, kind of good, right? <laughs> I don't like it playing the whole time in the, like, I like the music when I went and looked at the pillows after like watching and I enjoyed their music. I did it's not really enjoy good, it that it uh, played the entire time oh, under dialogue. It it stressed me out because it was like overstimulating me. I did I go look at the dub to see if it's mixed differently. I do think they mix their dialogue quieter than they do in the sub because the oh, sub so the music quiet. is it's much hard. softer. Okay, so I don't know what Funimation did to that, but it was like that on but, Amazon yeah. too. So. Well, it was it was a Funimation dub though, so oh, they would have okay. been responsible for yeah. it. So I don't, yeah, I don't know what they did. Like maybe they just mixed it weirdly. Maybe it was processed weird after and it would have cost too much to go back and remix. But it is it is a lot. It it made it really hard to focus in the dub. And I don't know why. Weird. Weird. All right, here we go. So episode four, full swing. Your Funimation summary. There is a guy claiming to know Haruko and why she's using Nayota's head as a portal for oversized battle robots. It's too late, though, as malfunctioning satellite is heading straight for them, and it's all up to Nayota to stop it. Ta-da! Ta-da! Um, yeah. Do you have new character voices for us after the description of this episode? I do. Do you want me to go into it? 
Yeah, because I just took a bite of jerky and I'm really oh, trying okay. to stall while cool. I Let's do this. <laughs> um, So we have two new characters in this. We have Commander Amaro and Kitsu Kuribami, and they are... Um, they both work for the Interstellar Immigration or the Bureau of Interstellar Immigration. So let me uh, let me get into their voice actors. The first voice actor or English voice actor is actually a familiar voice. His name is Dave Mallo, and he plays our favorite non-gay straight so in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Phantom Blood. <laughs> so check out episode 30 if you would like me to go deeper into that. <laughs> um, and then uh, the Japanese voice actor is Koji Okura, and he plays Matsuro in Fully Cooly Progressive, actually. And that was his okay. only other, um, that was his only other credit. So he's like a recurring role, basically? Yeah. And then Kitsi Kurabami, uh, her English voice actor is named L Villa. Nothing else is known about her. That is it. No one even knows what her real name is. Villanelle from, <laughs> what's that show? I can't think of it. It's fine. And then Japanese voice actor is uh, Chimi Chiba, and she plays uh, Ekoya in Mishishi and uh, Kyoko in Black Cat. And that's it. Uh, she doesn't have a whole lot of credits after 2005, so she was a much earlier voice actor. She had two for like 2013, but it was nothing I'd ever heard of, so I skipped it. Um, and yeah, there you go. Those are your voice actors. Cool. That gave me enough time to swallow that piece of jerky. I inconveniently took a bite of, and I was like, I need to figure out a way not <laughs> like having to spit this out, but still bite me like a minute to chew this. All right. <laughs> Full swing. Um, it's baseball time. So if you don't know, Japan loves baseball. That They're like, you think, they call America's like pastime baseball. It Japan is way more into baseball than we are like it's our our football should be our the american pastime and i i don't know it's always been a weird thing i get it but um so haruko is good at baseball she's playing against a team called the martians which i thought was very funny because she's the alien uh takun not so great a uh, little robot friend kanti is really good though and so the martians want to like draft him onto their team um and then Haruko keeps saying, nothing can happen until you swing the bat to Takun. And that does come into play in later episodes. Um, so then we get to scenes that I just, I, uh, okay. So really sexually, Haruko is gy- gyrating on the floor and the dad's chin hair is like massaging her body. So he's using his chin to massage all parts of her. We do a big close up on her crotch. Uh, the dad is rubbing her in her thigh. He like slurp drops an egg into her mouth using his mouth. And uh, it- it's a very sexual moment that's also kind of gross. And I mean, <laughs> oh, it's um, disgusting. It's uh, disgusting. It also, I had ordered a pizza while I was watching. <laughs> I opened the door to the pizza guy, and this scene comes on because I didn't pause it. And the guy just looks at me like really panicked. And I was like, it's not, it's not that. It's an anime. And he's like, okay, thank you. And left. And I was like, cool. So I will now order a pizza again. No, not from that. P- it was good pizza. So it's really upsetting. Uh, so. Uh, pause your shows before you answer the door, everyone. 
Um, so what did you say the commander's name is? Uh, his name is Commander Amaro. Amaro. Okay. So they just call him like Commander, and then they they say his name so fast that him and his like coworker, I don't know her name. Uh uh Kitsura Bombing. Yeah, so I I could not get their names the whole time. So we have seaweed eyebrow guy and you can just call them eyebrows, everyone does. <laughs> and blonde haired coworker. Kitsura Bombing. Because I was struggling so hard. And they're only in like these la- the last bit of this show. So I'm like, man, that didn't give me time to practice their names. Um, but he's here. He tells Takun not to tell too many people about Haruko, I assume, because he's like talking in metaphors to him about like, you know, she's really got you. And he just keeps referring to her as she. Uh, you can kind of tell there's like some history there between them. Um, so then Haruko is trying to show Takun how to stand and hold the bat. They're having like this moment on the back porch of the house, which they've had, um, in the past. Uh, and then we're at the, their base, their, uh, immigration space immigration base. And we're looking at this something that was in space and it's flashing red. Um, and then we get, oh, and of course, you know, uh, the girl, the the blonde haired girl with eyebrows, is in a really short skirt, and it, it it doesn't look like she's wearing pants in the first shot of her, but she is later on. She's got like leggings under them. But um, we get another really big sexual innuendo with Haruko and Takun's dad. But I think actually they were having sex. They were having sex. Okay, um, she's and he doing opens it the door on, on them. Purpose. Yeah. Okay. It was weird. Uh, and it was it I was weird. it wasn't you like know why she's doing it though, right? To, like, make him jealous, right? Yeah, she's trying to trigger another robot to come out. Yeah, but it's still very uncomfortable. And then we get to weird parts with his dad later that I'm like, ah, I'm losing the plot. (laughs) But all right. Uh, So here we go. Then all of a sudden, Takun's head. So he opens the door and they're having sex. And so he gets that big feeling. His head starts hurting really bad again. It sets off the beacon from the station. They trigger, they, like, lock into, oh, it's coming from Takun house it's him he's a portal um takun comes home after like baseball because he says he doesn't want to play baseball and mamimi and haruko are going there and takun comes home and his dad is like laying on the ground (laughs) at first i wrote with like spilled tea and then i realized it was blood (laughs) it was blood from his head it was not spilled tea um and his but then he opens the closet and his dad is in there and he has like hickeys from Haruko, but then the dad's like glitching and then Haruko is coming like out of his mouth at one point, like stretching out of his mouth. And then all of a sudden we flash to the blood. And, I said the blood or the tea. Uh, and that was like what, what we just saw was a flash back of right before his dad is laying on the ground with blood coming out of his head. Um, so Takun had hit his dad with a bat when he says for him to shut up, but it didn't actually hit his bat, hit him with the bat. He hit the TV next to it. It was this whole thing. It's, that's a very confusing scene that Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was really choppy and I like paused and rewound a few times because I don't think it was like communicated great to the viewer what was happening necessarily 
it's very confusing Uh, but essentially like haruka was trying a bunch of different things to try and get because every time Naoda's portal opens something newer and bigger is coming out and she's trying to trigger the pirate king atmos to be coming out of Medical Mechanica, which is the iron that has no entrances or exits. Which makes way more sense on the sixth episode. (laughs) But on the fourth episode, you're sitting here like, what is happening? Yeah, they really, they hold all of the gratification for what happens until the end of the show. But I think that's really interesting. Um, And I like that each emotion triggers something a little different from inside of him. Like his anger triggered his own kind of self confidence like not knowing if he's doing it and because of that he didn't get a robot he got something like a weapon that he could use which i just thought i think it's really cool sorry continue i'm gonna go off topic a lot i love this show (laughs) (laughs) um so a big blimp flies over the baseball field saying that there's a state of emergency and everybody needs to evacuate the city do they no so Takuna is saying he didn't hit his dad with the bat. He's talking to eyebrows. He says he hit the TV. Eyebrow guy keeps telling him he could have used a baguette. He keeps saying that in the show. And then they never explain why. And it really drives me crazy. Because they work at a bakery. That's it. Just he But he said just, it before he it. knew he worked at a bakery. When they were outside of the vending machine. Yeah, because his house is the bakery. Yeah, but they hadn't gone in there yet, so it was still weird. But he had already been stalking him, because he had that whole portfolio on his family. Yes, it's so weird. Uh, and that an older woman is a big mistake. Um, so there's a pirate lord, uh, Atmos, and the eyebrow guy says not to tell anyone that they talked. Um, his <laughs> Then he leaves, and uh, Takun's dad is still just like laying on the ground. And then he opens the closet and then a decaying corpse of his dad is there and there's roaches all over it and the roach flies on his face. And that was a lot. Uh, And so now there's like two dads. Uh, And then his dad like gets stuck on him and he's running through the house and then they falls in the tub. And then because he falls in the tub and there's water, he like starts rehydrating and like kind of coming back to life. Uh, so eyebrow guy says a satellite with a bomb is falling and it's too late now to evacuate the city even though they told the city to evacuate and he says for Takun to go home and tell Haruko to swing one last time it's for an old hometown friend and she tells like Takun it's going to be expensive like if you want me to save you you know it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you basically. And so you kind of see that her and eyebrow guy have a history. You don't know what it is yet, but um, we get, they get more into it. Haruko now pulls out a new fancy guitar out of Takun's head. She says, this is Takun's bat. Um, she, uh, everybody at the station suddenly gets bloody noses as they're watching the satellite come in, which I don't, they don't really explain that. It's the, uh, there's, it's the atmospheric change. Okay. Because they're coming in too, because they're on a, like a satellite station oh, themselves. So they're, they're on a satellite down. too. Oh yeah. And did not know that. So they're coming down along with the satellite to try and track it. And that's why they all have bloody noses because the atmosphere is dropping change. so much. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the satellite is of course, uh, a giant baseball mitt. And the bomb is a baseball. 
And so Takun swings the bat and hits the baseball bomb, uh, but it doesn't like do anything. And it looks like the bomb might still explode. Uh, and then Haruko jumps in and hits the baseball bomb too. And then it looks like it kind of destroys part of the city just because of the pressure of them swinging and hitting it. But then the bomb flies off into the sky. <laughs> so that's that episode. Uh, after credits, they're talking a lot about John Woo films and the male cool factor. Uh, and we see a glimpse of Mummy Me holding a gun to Takun's head. And that's your little preview for the next episode. Uh, which is episode five, Brittle Bullet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot more to say about this. Um, just some things that I noticed. There wasn't any fun facts or anything crazy. You got my my voice actors. Um, but uh, I think it's cool that in this episode, we kind of see that Conti is the personification of what Naota thinks he should be. So, like, if you notice, everything that Conti does are things that Nayota is supposed to do, like house chores or being good at baseball, like his brother helping little ladies across the street. Just Conti's like he's like the perfect running errands of yeah, and it's really cool because since it came from his head, Conti is kind of a part of him in a sense. So he's just everything, and and Mamimi's like obsessed with him. So it's just everything he wishes he was in this one thing that really doesn't exist without him. So it's just really, it's a fun. That's why I like when they combine, it's like the best and worst, but that's what makes you the perfect Mm -hmm. version. But love it. That doesn't do a lot of justification for me for the rest of the show. (laughs) And uh, yeah, no, that was, that was pretty much all that I have for now. Um, uh, so I'm going to go, what? Before you do your recap, I'm going to name a few John Woo films because I think that will help. It helped me. I paused the show and looked up movies he's done because I, it helped me understand this episode more because it is a very chaotic episode. Uh, so John Woo is a Hong Kong film director known for a lot of action films, uh, also a screenwriter and producer. But uh, so known for his highly chaotic action sequences, stylized imagery, uh, frequent use of slow motion and allusions to Wuxia and Western cinema. Uh, so he's won a bunch of awards, but face off the Nick Cage, uh, what's his name? John Travolta movie. That's his, which if you've ever watched that it's yes, it's a Nick Cage movie and they trade faces and that's kind of crazy, but it is just like random shootout scenes that come out of nowhere with dialogue. And you're like, what is happening? Uh, Hard Boiled, which is a 92 film that is also bonkers. Uh, I've had people at work request that a lot. Uh, a Better Tomorrow, uh, Mission Impossible 2, uh, Hard Target. Like, so when you, Broken Arrow. So when you think 90s, late 80s, bonkers shoot them out films like obviously with like crazy action stars like john travolta nick cage and tom cruise john woo was like the top of that so it also shows how old this show is because those were really big movies at that time that would have affected like a 2000 2002 show like wind talkers so that's another nick cage movie a better tomorrow three i mean there's a lot of a better tomorrow's but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it makes sense if you know his films that why this episode is the way it is because uh, 
I had to pause and was like, what is happening right now? Also, and then look up his movies and go, that makes more sense. Adding on to that, though, this is something I learned today during all of my research. Um, Fully Cooly was actually an anime before it was a manga. So they created oh. this show to be a spectacle and kind of an example of what the future of anime could be. Uh, and I was wrong. This did come out in 2000. I lied. I got the wrong source for that. So this is like turn of the century, new anime. They wanted to do something new and different. And that's why they came out with Fully Cooly. They wanted a coming of age story for the millennium. And it was absolutely bonkers. They took all of the craziest things they could find and said, let's jam it into this show. And it worked. It is one of the craziest shows probably ever. And yeah, there you go. Do you want the, the summary for the next episode? Yep. <laughs> I'm trying to be very neutral. Because I know a lot of people really do like the show. It's just not my cup of tea. And that's cool, man. Like, seriously, you either love it or you hate it. I really don't think there's an in-between for Fully Cooly. Yeah, I and- agree. From everyone I've talked to, I think that's the same opinion. And the best part is it's only six episodes. So love it or hate it, you only have to watch six episodes. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, there you go. Um, So episode five, Brittle Bullet. Here's your Funimation summary. 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 Get thee to a summary. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Jealousy spurs an epic uh, palette. Pallet gun. I wrote that wrong. Pellet Pal- gun. Pellet gun. <laughs> Pellet gun. Pellet gun battle between Nyota and his dad over Haruko. The objective of her desire will be revealed and she'll do whatever it takes to get him. Ta-da. All right. So they're crawling around on the ground with guns. Uh, so pellet guns are like basically airsoft like guns. airsoft guns. Yeah. Yeah. So these don't look like your typical airsoft guns, nor does the ammo. Uh, but I'm sure they're using like a- imagination with it. But um, yeah, we were not allowed to be this crazy with airsoft guns back in the day. But Haruko is in her skivvies, is how I wrote that. Uh, and shooting their dad, the dad in the butt uh, at dinner. And of course, we're getting a close up of Haruko's butt and crotch while she's talking to the cat. I think she's just in a towel. Mm-hmm. Uh and Haruko is talking about famous musicians and being cool and trying to explain uh, to Takun about being cool, um, naming a lot of like power stances for playing the guitar and all that, which comes in later. Um, and then all of a sudden she's like talking to Takun on the bed and she's like straddling him and her butt is full out of the, the towel. And I was like, this chick's 20. And this mm-hmm. kid is like 12. And she definitely is just trying to seduce him. At this yeah. Point. And it's, um, I'm uncomfortable. Um, so, so is Ta- he, turns out. <laughs> Poor kid. Takun and Haruko kiss, uh, but only because, like, basically, like the pin trigger on a gun to pull back and cock it grew out of the back of his head. So it launched his head forward and launched it into her mouth conveniently um and the dad's there and we have this really weird animation scene of how jealous the dad is uh and then all of a sudden eyebrow guy is like targeting them uh and then it's 
turns to South Park animation and voices while he's talking to his team about what's going on. When did South Park come out? When uh, early South in, Park. I want to say like in the 90s, late 90s. 97. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is like in the height of South Park era. Is that still going on? I tried to figure out why they were connected like this. Um, it, it I didn't, it doesn't, ex- like there's no explanation for it. I think they were, they were playing around in this episode particularly with a lot of different animation styles because yes. I think they just wanted it to be as bonkers as possible. So they actually got with a bunch of different artists. Um, I don't know if they got with the South Park creators and had them do that scene for them, but I feel like they had to have, but I couldn't find it in my research. So I don't know why that was chosen to be there. Yeah, like I tried to type in why is South Park in Fooly Cooly? And the other thing is why do people like Fooly Cooly? <laughs> it's like, well, that's not really what I'm looking for. Um, let's see. I I, I want to know why because it is out of nowhere. Does it mm. do that? And there are three South Park references. There's that scene. There's, there's the Kenny in the teacher's car. And then uh, Naota pulls his hood up and pulls it tight and looks like Kenny McCormick for like three minutes of the show. But that's three full South Park references. Yeah. It's very, I guess just because it was the height. That, I mean, South Park's still going. But I guess yeah. because it was like the height of... South Park it was still new I mean and it was still a completely new style of animation and I think that was the important thing yeah there is no reason yeah okay yeah, well, I couldn't find it yeah I, if, if one of y'all know tell us reach out uh, we don't I, know I looked a lot of places I could not figure it out gateway anime podcast at gmail.com uh so um, so while he's like at the barbershop, eyebrow guy, it, we switch over to like Funimation and uh, not Funimation to South Park animation, uh, while he's like giving directives to the blonde girl. Um, and then blonde girl and eyebrow guy, holy man, I, I'm bad at names forever. Are dr- she's dressed like almost like a Russian winter soldier looking like a sniper. And, uh, you can see that they're targeting someone, but they don't really show us who yet. Uh, Takun's friends have a truck because they have a side job doing deliveries. So, because uh, he was asking how they have that car and they're all riding around in it and kind of asking him about like what they've seen. Uh, there's rumor that Nauta slash Takun uh, saved the city from the satellite and talking about the thing that happened with Nina Mori at school and that there's rumor that he controls Conti, the robot. Um, and then we pan over and see that eyebrow guy and that girl are actually targeting Conti. And Conti's, uh, Conti sees the robot. The blonde girl sees the robot, but Haruko is washing, all of a sudden washing uh, eyebrow guy's hair in the barbershop. And she's like in disguise and then surprises him. And so then they start fighting and then the blonde girl's trying to shoot at shoot out at Conti and all of a sudden her boobs out because her clothes are shredded all right um and then medical mechanica is willing to activate their plan they can't take out conti uh haruko doesn't want them to take out conti and she may have known eyebrow guy when he was a kid which Mm. they elaborate more later um 
Conti isn't fighting back though when the blonde girl is going after him. And even when she's laying in that river and like beat up, he offers his hand out to her to help her. Uh, so that she's starting to realize that Conti is not a threat. Um, Takun's trying to convince Mamimi that he doesn't like Haruko like that and that he likes her. And he tries to kiss Mamimi and she pulls away. And so that rejection pulls out a big feeling in him. And so you hear like a gun trigger sound and it's actually um, his horn makes that sound in his head. (laughs) What a weird sentence. Uh, And so then all of a sudden this huge monster robot thing shoots out of him. Uh, Eyebrow dude's eyebrows fall off uh, when talking to Haruko. So that means his empty brain, which we found out that Haruko used to use him for mm-hmm. like the same thing that she uses for Takun, like to pull these robots out. So he gets a horn and she pulls out like a slingshot from his forehead and it's very tiny. And she makes a joke about him being very tiny and that Takun is much bigger. And that's a gross innuendo because he is a child. Oh, um, they don't say that in the sub. Well, she they just says he's far more world. useful and a better man than you any day. <laughs> they she don't goes, make a penis joke. <laughs> oh, so tiny. And I was just like, ah. they do say so tiny, but they don't follow it up with any penis innuendo. They, she's like, it was, oh, so it she was says puny as always. Straight up innuendo and I hated it. <laughs> uh, so now... <laughs> Uh, so we learned that he has an empty head, kind of like Takun. Um, but now all of a sudden, Haruko is now dressed like a Playboy bunny, shooting at the robot. That um, yeah, I don't know why she changes, but oh, it's probably because um, at the time there was a really popular anime that was out called The Melancholy of Haruhi Susumiya, and she had like that whole thing. So it was like a very anime thing at the time. I think they just did it for stylistic purposes. Which would make sense with this episode because everything's yeah. stylistic purposes. Yeah. Um. So she starts uh, shooting at the robot that they're on. Mamimi and uh, Takun are on the robot because it launched out of him and kind of scooped them up. Um, Mamimi is calling out, is really scared. And so she's cowering and crouching down and she's calling out for Takun's brother and calling him Senpai. And woo does that make takun slash nauta really mad and he says that he's the one here he's the one helping and that he's never allowed to call her for her to call him takun again because like you said that's what she also called his brother and that his name is nauta so in my notes now i switch over to nauta because that's right that is a big deal for him he is like no i'm drawing a line i'm not takun i am my own person why are you yelling for my brother when I'm the one here? Um, so Nauta combines with Conti again and to help defeat the giant robot that looks like a cartoon robber. It looks like those old Hanna-Barbera cartoons. There's one where like he has like the hat all the way over his eyes mm-hmm. um, in the trench coat. That's what this robot looks like. So I bet since we've seen so many different animation styles, I bet that is a reference to that cartoon. I would uh, not doubt it. Yeah, and he has, like, giant rifles and pistols all in his different arms. Um, And then all of a sudden, the Nauta Conti robot has a Gibson something number. I didn't write down the number. A really special Gibson guitar. And they say it's... Very expensive. It's perfect recording quality guitar. 
just so you know. It's wonderful. Great. Uh, and they say all of a sudden it's at most. I know because I have a Gibson Les Paul and it's a recording. It's a recording quality guitar. It's really beautiful. <laughs> um, they say it's the the power of what's Atmos? I don't think it's Atmos. What's his name? Atmusk. Atmusk. And that he, that he must be the real pirate king and he's really the one because he pulled out that guitar. Um, and that's how the episode ends. And so after credits, uh, they say not that much to talk about. And there's a flashback of everything that's happened so far. And that leads us to the sixth episode. Um, so a couple fun facts. Uh, a lot of the references in this episode are actually for an anime called Lupin the Third. It is that a is really huge anime. Yeah, it's been going on for forever. It's ha- it's got like three or four or five different revivals of it. Yeah. Um, like uh, when Cameron asks uh, Nauta about his jackets, and like he's like, "Oh, did you like my green jacket better?" That's because the main character in Lupin the Third changes from a green jacket to a red jacket from season to season, and there's like a big argument over which season is better and people are either team green or team red. It's like a whole thing. (laughs) Uh, The monkey sensei thing is recurring to monkey Unich, which is the creator of the Lupin series. And uh, the episode title actually appeared in the same fashion as Lupin the third. So that's a fun thing. Um, Already talked about South Park. So I'm going to skip that. And uh, also, during the airsoft fight, uh, Kamen is in a complete Nazi uniform, complete with swastika on his arm. It is unknown oh, why they chose to do great. that. And I like to assume it's because, it, it, look, at it's like, a, it's like a boomer mentality. Like, parents are stuck in their ways, make really chaotic, horrible decisions, and refuse to change, even though times are changing and they're taught better. They refuse to learn and grow. I choose to believe that. Mostly because I think him on a horrible father. So it just really jives with me that that would be part of his personality too. Yeah. But that's a self-insert. Okay. Here's episode six, Funimation summary. <laughs> a hand statue looms over the medical mechanic building, threatening to iron out the city as Mamimi's new pet turns out to be a crucial element in Haruko's plans. Uh, Nauta finally proves that he is no pushover. No, no, no. True. No pushover. All right. right. So this is Fully Cooly Limax or FLCL Limax. I was, I tried to say this like 12 times because when you read it, it makes sense. But man, it is not does not translate over to speaking it out loud. Fully Cooly Climax. Fully I always say Fully Climax. Fully Cooly Max, which fully also climax. sounds like a sonic drink. It does. Um, <laughs> be tasty, probably. Oh, yeah. I w- it would probably be a great summer refresher. Uh, so the teacher is doing a lesson on chopsticks to help exercise their brain. And she's really bad at using them. So bad. So bad. So funny. I kind of love the teacher. I do, um, too. Jinko's say- the tits. <laughs> she tries. She tries so hard. I mean, that's how I feel like I would be if I was a 27-year-old trying to teach all these, like, sixth graders. I would be just, just as stressed out of my mind. Um, they say they used to use sporks and they all like those. <laughs> it was a funny conversation. Uh, so, like me. Honestly. Yeah. They're like, like oh, sporks, sporks is good for everything. <laughs> so, 
they all think that Nouts is getting up to leave class to go get sporks, which I thought was really funny because I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> um, Maybe he was originally. And then yeah, with a really changed halfway solemn, through. solemn look and depressing walk. He's like, I just want sporks. He's just a uh, sad boy. Ever since the day of the fight, the town has been covered in white mist from the medical mechanica factory pouring out smoke every day, all the time. So they say it looks like there's nothing past the city. Uh, there's now a giant hand next to the giant iron. It looks like it's reaching out for it. Uh, that is from the giant robot in uh, Nauta accidentally letting a hand there. Um it basically they say the giant hand is like telling them and warning them to stay where they are uh haruko and kanti vanished after that fight um then all of a sudden it kind of they say it looks what did i write oh uh, it's eyebrow guy in them and they say you know this giant hand it looks really obvious and they're kind of alluding to something they don't really let you in on it right now um so Mamimi is standing under the bridge in the rain, looking all sad and gets splashed with water when a Vespa goes by. Nauta's not hanging out with Mamimi under the bridge anymore after that big fight and when she was calling out for Nauta's brother and not him. Um, and this little robot thing, he stumbles out of the water, looks a little drunk and plops down next to Mamimi. Uh, eyebrow guy, pan over to eyebrow guy. He says if he wants to get his brain back to normal uh he needs to rest he's telling this to nauta and have some sugar and then he slaps some uh, seaweed eyebrows on him to block his brain so he doesn't have to have any more horns or he looks so cute with it. his stupid seaweed eyebrows I and he pulls it off way better than other <laughs> eyebrows so dude cute um so stupid so haruko is normally mortal enemies with atmos but she came to this planet to rescue him because she's apparently in love with him, which makes sense that she's trying to pull him out and doing weird things with Nauta, but it's still uncomfortable. Um, he says, cats should stick with other cats. And then there's like a little image of a cat next to the cat. <laughs> Mamimi gets attached to that little robot thing and tells it from now on, your name is Takoon. And I was like, oh my gosh, girl. You need some help. She does um, need lots of help. She needs therapy. She needs so much therapy. It's she needs some painful. milk. Uh, she needs some milk. <laughs> oh, um, no. Nauta now in his room alone, playing with the guitar. Um, and now it's kind of like the beginning of the show. Uh, his dad calls him down for dinner. There's the cat laying in the hallway. And then all of a sudden, Haruko is back at the table and his, he screams and his eyebrows fall off. So it's just like the first time Haruko showed up at his house. Uh, now we're back again with the comic panel. Um, this time even breaking down to little animation sketches and stuff, which I thought was funny. And it gets really weird with Fooly Cooly again. And I'm talking about that. Um, one thing I did enjoy about this weird manga panel was... The dad says, let's just stay in anime. It's too hard to be in manga form. After the first episode, they said not to do it anymore and that it could come off looking lazy. And I laughed really hard at that because that's like exactly what I told you when that happened the first time. And I was like, that's really funny that they're calling out the critics like that. I knew this was coming and I loved that you said it. I was like, I, I was yes. like good. I wasn't the only one who thought that, but that's really funny that they put that. And then your whole the like inferring fully coolly. And he's like, hey, what does fully cool even mean? You're the main character. You're supposed to know. Yeah, what this means. like you're supposed to know what that means. Like, you're the main character. <laughs> Which I, I was like, 
Thank you. That was that was a good little fourth wall break. Because the first fourth good. wall break was the one that like made no sense, and they're all like talking in the car and stuff. And I was like, what? This one was a good one. This was a, I like a good fourth wall break that's done right. Um, Haruko now hits Nauta with the guitar again, and now he has a bandage on his head again and a horn potentially growing out. Classic. Then I have a little note. I was like, for Japanese bathrooms and showers, like a bath, do you sit on a stool? So you, uh, you rinse off before you bathe. So you have the bath, but you clean yourself before you get in the bath. Yeah. So they, they have stools and like rent stations, like a little many, shower. So you sit on the stool, wash yourself. How many sat on that stool? Uh, probably a lot. That's the thing um, that freaks me out. At like public bathrooms like... and stuff and like manga, they sit on towels. It just really freaks me out that like, but that's a family bathroom, so probably just their butts. It's like sharing a toilet. I would never sit it. on something that my brother's bare butthole has sat on. Toilet. It's a hole. His butthole hasn't sat on that. Well, is he spreading his cheeks and going? He's sitting on a down? stool. I mean, when I sit on a stool, like, my butthole would not touch a stool. Maybe my butt spread. would, but not my butthole. I don't know. I I I've but I also too don't much about sit it. down and spread my butt cheeks so my butthole touches the stool. Is Will just hearing this weird part of this conversation? No, he's playing a video game. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I saw you glance over and I was like, "What's Will?" Since I realized how strange this was and the motions <laughs> I was making, I'm just wondering spread if spread my cheeks. But my point is, they're not like touching buttholes. They're I don't know, man. Butts. It set off every germ germaphobe thing in me that I was like, I can't do that. No, which had nothing to do with the show. I was just like, what people sit on stools? Uh, they are not touching buttholes. It's okay. The buttholes are touching. All right, so here we go. When laying in their bunk beds, now it just starts asking Haruko what she really is, where she came from, all this stuff, because he knows now she's not from here and she's an alien. She says she came back to see him because his head is the only one that works. Uh, she asks him if he wants to throw everything away and come with her. And she says, come on, Takoon, you're still a kid, you know, you know. And he hugs her and then starts sobbing and says, where did you go? You went away without saying anything, which really like hurt me because I think it's like this whole broken family situation. And he was the only like girl that was giving him attention. And I, I know there's some weird things in there, but I've seen that in people before. Misses his brother. I think yeah. that's the the saddest part of this whole thing is Nagoto just really he loves his brother so much and his brother just left him to go have a better life because their family is effed and Sucks, now yeah. he's alone and he doesn't have anyone except everyone that his brother left behind. So the fact that everyone calls him Takun that sucks, and yeah. they're just comparing it's them just the a entire time. And but then you see his friends actually see him for himself, and but he doesn't like ignore them. Yeah. yeah, and it's, it's he's just a sad boy. I, I sad. love Nuda. He's he's a good kid. He, um, he's a good kid. He tries. It is sad. So Mamimi is now feeding this little robot tycoon thing who looks like a dog uh, electronics and saying she brought more for him. She like stole the whole school's cell phones, which I thought was really funny. Um, 
Naota has now packed a bag and is with Haruko on her Vespa traveling. Uh, his classmates say that he hasn't been home in days and that basically like the school uh, truancy counselor is going to their house to figure out what's happening. It's just the teacher though. Mm-hmm. Um, Robot Takun ends up eating a whole Vespa and is now growing in size. Uh, Nina Mori recognizes the yellow Vespa that she sees like on the street when she's on her way to school. And then she sees Naota and Haruko like sleeping together, like kind of spooning on a bench under newspapers on like a public bus bench. And she's kind of like shocked by it, but then doesn't say anything and goes on her own way. Mamimi can't control Robot Takun anymore. Now he's eating big things and she thinks she's telling him, no, don't eat that. Uh, and he's huge now and he starts destroying the city and he's like dragging Mamimi around. Uh, and then we find out it's the terminal core that they were looking for. Um, so Conti shows up again. He looks like he's been there for a few days. He was just a crossing guard. I like that he's wearing the he's crossing guard apron. He's just being helpful and adorable. Yeah. He's being uh, perfect. I love him. His brain wing thing like pops out of him and then it suddenly attaches to the terminal core. Uh, the terminal core is now rushing to the giant hand and there is a hole in the middle of the giant hand uh, and the palm. And they think it's still missing something so it can't fully activate because it goes in there and they're like, well, it didn't move. So there's something still missing. Um, Eyebrow guy is telling Nauta that Haruko is manipulating him and that he has family and friends here and he needs to think about them and protect them and not go with her. But he still turns and goes with her. Uh, And then she hits him into the terminal core. So they get combined and we found out that Nauta is the missing part. So the irons... There, all of a sudden, there's a bunch of irons on the earth, and they all start moving, and they're, like, smoothing out the earth. And so what they say is they're smoothing out the wrinkles, like the wrinkles in your brain, so that you can't think. Um, and that the Pirate King has also been captured, and that the hand goes to grab the iron, and it looks like it crushes the Commander Eyebrow guy. Um, but it doesn't because all of a sudden we see that Conti has stopped the hand. Uh, Haruko does yell out that she doesn't care about what happens to this earth. And this is kind of when you get to see her true colors and that she doesn't really care about Conti and she is using him. And this whole time he was in love with her and it was not the same. It was child manipulation. Mm -hmm. So Conti stops the hand from grabbing the iron, saves Commander Eyebrows. Nauta pulls himself out of Conti's like screen and then all of a sudden gets the powers of the Pirate King. And he looks really cool. And he has something written on his forehead. I don't know what it was. Um, but he, Haruko wants that power and goes to attack Nauta and they start battling with guitars, like a sword fight, but with guitars. So cool. That was pretty Love cool. It. Uh, Nauta goes to slam Haruko with the guitar, but then right at the last minute stops, transforms back into his normal looking self and then says he loves her and kisses her. Um, because of that big feeling, uh, Atmos, uh, bursts out of his head and has giant wings. And then everything starts kind of like tearing up and floating around them. And then Atmos looks like a giant Phoenix. It absorbs like the hand kind of it looks like like the hands movement and then goes to pick up the iron it kind of looks like uh and then launches off into space but it kind of drops the iron again the iron's like looks like it's on like a landfill um and haruko says i lost him again because of you takun we couldn't pull it off you want to come along 
And then she goes, you know what? Forget it. You're still a kid. Save it for next time. And then flies off to space in her Vespa. Uh, Nauta picks up the blue guitar and holds it. Mamimi takes a photo of him, like, standing on this all this rubble holding the guitar. It's the image behind me. Um, and it's a really cool shot. And then it pans over, like, a little bit of time has passed. And you hear Nauta say the opening line again of the show. Nothing amazing happens here. Everything is ordinary. Um, Conti's still at the house past this battle he's a housekeeper still mamimi has left town she says she wants to be a photographer she's finally found something for her to do uh and that uh, she published uh that photo of nauta in the zine and it's really big uh and um that is how that ends yep that's the end of fully cool that is the end of it um i only have two fun facts um, there is a little censored nudity shot in that little comic section of, uh, of now does dad, uh, they took it out of the American broadcast and covered him up with a picture frame that is also in that picture. So they just scooted it over. Uh, and then, uh, the end credits change at the end of this episode, instead of showing you all of the pictures of the Vespa in real life, it shows uh, Haruko flying back into space. Yeah, I did see that. So that's it. That's fully coolie. That's fully coolie. I would um, say more, but I'll save it for next time. Honestly, we'll save it for our wrap up next week. Um, well, everybody, we love most animes, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we love you. We love most of you. <laughs> uh, all right, goodbye. Thank you for watching Gateway Anime Podcast with Bridget and Lauren. Please remember to like, subscribe, and download our episodes. Remember, we also have a Patreon, so if you want to suggest shows for us to watch, make sure you go visit us. Special thank you to Marjorie McClendon for our artwork and designs, and Drew Griffith for all of our music. We hope to see you again next week.